0: Hello and welcome to Pastor George's Bible study.
1: Lord, thank you for for today and for this hour that we have that you've blessed us with to study your word. And let Brother George as he leads us in this Bible study may open our hearts so that we may understand and apply what we learn today
0: that's this night, and Jesus in the pain. Amen. Amen. Um. Would this evening we will just look at a scripture, um, briefly a portion of scripture, um and we just want to focus on what jesus was the crowd, and it applies to us as well so if you open your bibles to luke chapter 11. dominic how are you doing
2: okay just a bit tired i think today because uh With uh, uh, with all the stuff that's been going on and then I had the whole situation with my dad recently, this kind of week. My dad uh, had an accident and chopped off some of his finger. Ah. Which was like, yeah, so we were, on Monday we were up the raw three. So yeah, but, but they couldn't actually get his finger back on. So yeah, this has been a bit of an interesting week, so yeah. How is he doing now? He's 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 recovering. He's still he's at home, but he's still he's still recovering.
0: Okay. That thing's Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. Yep. I hope it's not um. Is he just is the finger? Is it one finger? It's his
2: wedding finger, but they actually had to cut off his wedding ring oh. at the time. So it was, it was like quite a serious kind of thing.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We we'll, we'll pray for him um, at the end. My God's grace and you know, will so that You will be strong. Yeah. Um. Like this, not easy, but you just no. have to go there. We don't have an option no. because I just said that there was something wrong. It's very unusual for you to be, yeah, yeah. Dead. yeah,
2: yeah. Now it's just tired.
0: I just tired. Yeah, please. Yeah. If, if you feel overwhelmed, just you can you a rest, no problem at all. We'll yeah, pray no. for you guys.
2: Yeah, it's been a hard situation with that. So yeah, it's been. Yeah, so I normally be up and then, to fine. So yeah, thanks, George.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll look at Luke. Just what Jesus was saying in um. So Luke 11. We will focus briefly on verse thirty three, thirty-four and thirty-five. Initially Jesus was talking to the people who are gathered to listen to him and previously he was telling them about um the fact that it's an mm-hmm. evil looks for a sign. Jesus told them very clearly that there will be no sign given to them except the sign of Juna the prophet. And I just wanted to say, if you look at verse 29, first of all, the Bible says, and while the crowds were thickly gathered together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. It seeks a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Verse 30. Let me just read verse 30. For as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. I'll just stop there. And we will read verse 33. 34 35 and 36 he says no one who no one when he has lit a lamp puts it in this or under a basket but on a lamp stand that those who come in may see the light the lamp of the body is the eye therefore when your eye is good your whole body also is full of light but when your eye is bad your body also is full of darkness therefore take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness if then your whole body is full of light having no part dark the whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light so i just want us to study those scriptures and look closely at what jesus was saying there in that there will be a direct application for our own enlightenment um, um in our own situations. So if you look at verse 29, the Bible says while the crowds were thickly gathered together, it began to say this is an evil generation. Do you know what amazes me again and again and again as I studied the life of Jesus? Jesus is not scared of telling people the truth. Look at it. Look at him. And look at what he called them. evil generation now i was i wanted to know why did he call them an evil generation look at the answer there he says this is an evil generation It seeks a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of jonah the prophet now maybe we should explain that portion of scripture clearly the the jews we were always looking for a sign the jews were interested i remember there was a the time they asked jesus what sign will you show us in the book of john they are always looking for wonder they are always looking for for something spectacular and i, I want to say that i hope you too are not like the jews who are looking for a sign before they can believe god who are looking for a sign before they can believe the word of god i know at times some of us in our relationship with god we throw a fleece hmm? do you know what the fleece is Children, do you know what the fleece is someone do you know what the fleece is mm-hmm. what yeah what's a fleece it's like a um bit of wool or like soft material uh-huh. they you, you use to keep warm. okay so when i'm talking about throwing a fleece before you can believe god what what am i saying um like when gideon uh kind of asked god to make the dew uh, fall on the uh, fleece oh. to uh, as a sign that god was saying what Okay, now, I know a lot of us do it in our relationship with God. God, if you are the one talking, let the first person that comes out of the shop be wearing red. Be wearing the red jacket. Do you guys do it? Or, God, if you are the one talking, let, sorry now, let Kevin wear a green and blue jacket then I know it's God talking. So, supposing you me wears a blue jacket as he's wearing today, or a blue top as he's wearing today, that means God is not talking. The reason why that is dangerous is because you cannot rely on signs. Do you understand? You can't rely on it. You see, our relationship with God on faith Now let's, let's, let's look at the word of God. Just briefly run to Hebrews chapter 11. If you are there, I read verse 6. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Yes, children, I'm expecting you guys to engage. Can you can one of you read hebrews 11 verse 6.
1: So, hebrews 11 verse 6. yes this is from the good news translation it uh, no one can please god without faith for whoever comes to god must have faith that god exists
0: and rewards those who seeks him yes so whoever comes to god must believe that he exists whoever relates with god you come to god have a relationship with him for him to communicate with you for you to become his friend whoever does that must believe that he exists now i know you 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 believe that god exists but you see is he existing in your particular situation are you persuaded that god cares about you knows about everything you are passing through is interested in the particular situation you are passing through that's the question does he exist in your situations is he aware you know that god is aware of whatever you are passing through are you convinced that god is interested in every aspect of your life so when the scripture says whoever comes to god must believe that he exists it's not just the general existence that you believe that you know god is in heaven no it's not just it doesn't stop there you should also accept and believe and wholeheartedly are convinced that god is interested and is aware and he exists and is conscious about aspect of your life some people think god is only for very terrible situations when the situation is very bad then they call on god and they are aware of his presence but when it's just simple simple things they just think oh I can handle it i don't need god That's a dangerous thing. We need to know that God, you see the Bible says, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Everything about us is encapsulated in God. Let's not think God is segmental. Or like we at times want to appreciate it, God is departmental. In my work, there is no God. But when it comes to church and family, there is God. No. God should encapsulate every aspect of your life. Every aspect. So when the Bible is saying, He that comes to God must believe that He exists. Do you believe that the Lord is interested in every single detail of your life? He exists there too with his simple mundane things is interested so the the, the we, we needed to talk about that because the Jews who are always looking for a sign before they can believe what did Jesus tell Thomas Remember, what did Jesus tell Thomas in in the book of John when Jesus had resurrected? Who can I help me? Um, let me choose somebody in my own house. Yes, Abigail or Bethel. Can you answer? What did Jesus tell Thomas in relation to what we are discussing?
1: Um, was it Can like,
0: you put on the camera? Let's see your face.
1: <laughs> was it the um? Yeah, it was like blessed others who believe without seeing, because yes. you see because you believe you believe because you see.
0: Yes
1: they me without
0: seeing exactly you know Thomas told his fellow disciples he said when they told him we've seen the Lord we've seen the Lord Thomas said I'm not him I see myself until I I put my hand inside and feel his the the wound he had until i put my hand in his hands and i feel the the piercing of the nail i won't believe thomas was behaving like a typical jew who needed a sign before he believes and so jesus had to help his heart so of course jesus came and told thomas i said thomas come and come and feel my fingerprints my my nail prints on my heart put your hand in my side you know i've said this before if you were that's why when i look at thomas at times i i like his boldness you know if i was thomas i'll be so scared to put my hand in his side this is the resurrected jesus excuse me will you not be scared maybe it's only me and he put his he brought out up his hand and checked <laughs> and you know when he was convinced he said my lord my god and thank god for for his restoration but jesus had to tell him you be you you believe you because you've seen but blessed are those who have not seen but believe our faith, our salvation is not based on sight. It's based based on faith. Our coming to Jesus is not because we've seen him in that sense physically. The Bible says, by faith you are saved. Not by works. So, what God is trying to charge us with here? Is that we, made, we must be men and women, boys and girls of faith. You believe God because He is there. He exists in every aspect of your life. You don't believe God because you are seeing physically. You believe God because, by faith, you know He is there. And that is what we need. You know, I used to think ah you need we we need to do a lot of miracles, you need to do signs and wonders before people will believe. I discovered even if there are signs and wonders, do you know people will still not believe? So signs and wonders is not a guarantee that people will believe. It's not so we see that jesus looked at the jews the crowd that came to him you know and i thought that those crowd that came to him maybe they came because they believed but jesus said this is an evil generation so jesus called them an evil generation because they were looking for signs they were relying on their physical senses to perceive God that is an evil generation and God is trying to pull us out of kind of um, from that kind of thinking your faith must not be must not be based on the physical you get what I'm saying you see job believed God he walked with God he followed God even when everything was going wrong for him. Do you get it? So, because he still held on to God, despite the fact that everything was going on going wrong, it shows that he was a man of faith. You know, God had blessed him on every side. Eh? God had had blessed his home, God had, had business, he was very rich. And the devil was trying to capitalize on that. To say, Job believes God because God has blessed him. Okay, remove all these blessings and let's see if he will still believe God. And thank God for Job. He held on. He was not a man that was moved by what he saw, he did not rely on signs. So, what God is trying to teach us and i'm praying that we learn this i'm praying that we will bless it that we do not follow god because of science we follow god because we know what he has done for us by faith now let's go back to that uh, look after 11. and we are on verse 29 Luke 11 29 look at what Jesus said this is an evil generation he seeks a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet let's just pause here and discuss that part of scripture no sign will be given to it except the sign of jonah the prophet excuse me can we discuss what do you think was that sign the sign of jonah the prophet what was what was that sign let's discuss it
1: So George, uh, the son of uh, Jonah, um, he was, uh, in the belly of the fish for three days and same as well with Jesus. Like, um, he was in the belly of the earth and then after that with the rest of Mm. So likewise with Jonah as well. But you know, nowadays and, uh, sometimes, you know, I do watching YouTube with all these, uh, Christians having, like, contests, like, church, like, showing, one, you know, these signs and wonders, like, making the dead come alive again, and then the other one, they have a dead person as well, and then mm-hmm. lay hands, and then they will attract a lot of uh, people, you know, it's all like these signs, right? I, I was thinking, I was teaching today, George, and these Christians, have they lost the plot? You know, the heart of the scripture. Mm. So that's why it is so interesting our teaching today that yes, people are really interested in seeing the miracles, Mm -hmm. you know, that the eyes can see. Mm. But it's so clear that God will not give us a sign but accept the death and resurrection of Jesus.
0: Mm. Very, very important. I pray God grant us understanding do you know you you know we are surrounded we have unbelievers around us people who don't believe and you will think that until one wonderful miracle happens then they will believe at times God uses miracles only to call your attention it's not to make you believe actually if you don't believe put your faith in miracle miracle is not what will save you putting your faith in the spectacular is not what brings salvation i've said it before i heard the story of a man who was who had very bad kidneys and some christians prayed for him and guess what he was healed this man was a Muslim. Ah, after that miracle that he got healed, he still remained a Muslim. You will expect that, ah, a miracle has just happened and he will get converted, isn't it? That is the problem when you preach signs and wonders. It is not the signs and wonders that will save them. It is Jesus that we saved. That was why, like Nika was saying, the sign of Jonah starts from Jonah's experience in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Yes. The same thing with Jesus. Jesus died and for three days and three nights he was in the bottom of hell. Jonah said, I am in the depth of hell. But after those three days and three nights, what happened? Jesus resurrected. The same thing with Jonah.
2: One, th- one thing that's interesting about Jonah. Yes. It is, 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 has very common results for today because where Jonah was going, would it be Monday, Mos- Mosul? Yeah, Mosul. So, right in Iraq. Yes, in Iraq underneath ISIS. So they most the kids probably look like with the ISIS kind of stuff. So mm. okay, but the Assyrians would would make uh, ISIS look like uh, children. They were that bad as a, yeah. as a culture. Mm. So if you so yeah so 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 if I was Jonah, I I would want to go to Spain, like uh, like like God is God is telling him to do something that he wouldn't want to do naturally, mm. which is to preach to a a group of people who are literally just bloodthirsty murderers. Because in the in the scripture you have the book of Nahum, mm. and the book of Nahum talks about the destruction of Nineveh. Mm. And if you go to the British Museum, you see uh, that, that Nineveh was both destroyed by, both by uh, flood and by fire, mm. and that's predicted in the Book of Nahum in the actual scriptures. And you can actually see the damage when you go to the British Museum of both the of, of both the damage that, that was actually predicted by Nahum and and by by Jonah. So, so. Jonah's prophecy that, that, that that actually kind of, like, three days and then destruction, mm. were, were just, it was just an amazing, amazing prophecy that, that kind of happened, but, but the thing is, God turned it around, God used that, that thing of just his, because c- he obeyed God in the end, after all that, they kind of threw him into the sea, mm. but because he was, he kind of disobeyed God, but even, Because one of my best things is 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 the Fisher based God, but Jonah doesn't. (laughs) So 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 yeah so so which is which is which is which is quite amazing because the tomb of Jonah was destroyed, I think by ISIS fairly recently. So I think it was in two thousand. 18 or something like that, but they found the uh, tomb of uh, Senecrab, who was another one of the kings in the scripture, hmm. he, he went by by, by Hezekiah, the one that, w- when the angel came down with 135,000, uh, destroyed 135,000 people in, in, in like a day, Did, do you remember that story in the scriptures? Hmm. Yeah, so, so yeah, so Jonah is really relevant because essentially he just, once he obeys God, it's amazing what, what he can do. Like, like the, the fact of
0: turning that city around for, in fact, in fact, you know, as an extension of the sign of Jonah, when started preaching, you know, in Nineveh, he did not perform any miracle. Yeah, Jonah did not do any wonder. All he said, and his message was not complicated. His message was forty days, and Nineveh will be destroyed.
2: There, there was not there was no grace. It was like forty days and yes. destruction. There was like absolutely no grace. Like nothing. Yes. Was like, <laughs> the, 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 because he thought they were just so wicked. That, mm. that was the that was thing. He like, just thought they were so wicked
0: made yeah so the the issue about the sign of jonah is so it's so elaborate so we talked about jesus's resurrection that's the sign we talked about the message believe in the lord jesus and you'll be saved mm. that's the message that message is also a sign the same way jonah preached 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed with no miracles performed with no sign performed and what did we see after that preaching we saw repentance the whole of Nineveh repented including animals, they fasted very interesting, that is also part of the sign of Jonah so for this generation is the same thing For this generation, it's not signs that we save you. For this generation, it is not wonders that we save. It is the message of Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Mm -hmm. God, in His mercy and wisdom, can decide to use a, a miracle just to attract, the miracle is not what saves you. It's the message about Jesus that saves. It's not the miracle. The miracle is just like an attraction. It just catches, uses it. God uses it to catch your attention. And He can choose to use it. He can choose not to. Like we saw in in, in the mini the mini experience. Look at what Bastardy says. It says, for as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. So let's, you know, talking about Jonah being a sign to the Ninevites, the the prophet and his message was a sign pointing to people about the eternal destruction. They do not repent. Because you see, the first question I asked was because when I looked at what Judah said, he said forty days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Who told the Ninevites that if they repent, if they turn to God, they will they will they will they will escape judgment? Who told them? I sense that it was part of the message. And that has not changed. Because, uh, George, George, George. George in
2: the end of the story. Jonah waits and looks for the destruction. Yes, That's part of the story. He he wants them to be destroyed. That's uh, So he goes out, plants a plant, and kind of waits. He's kind of waiting for the fire and brimstone to kind of fall down on Nineveh, and it just doesn't happen. Yes, and completely then demented. Because they repented and he wasn't expecting it.
0: Yes.
2: So, so yeah, it was like, so God, God turned out. The, the, the thing is also how it relates to Jesus is the fact that as a Christian we know that when we die, the, the whole aspect of death and resurrection, you, you know, working in a hospital, you see many people die. Hmm. And to see them raised from the dead, that was the main miracle. I mean, that was the thing that Jesus did. That that Jesus was raised from the dead so that gives us hope of life after death, and that's the that's the major thing that kind of kind of stems the stems the the, the sign of Jonah that that Jesus was dead for, for three days and then rose from the grave.
1: Um,
0: so you know that vastety is to us to discuss as we go into verse 33 34 35 and 36. it says you see the bible says for as jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the son of man will be a sign to this generation and jesus being a sign to us the person of jesus and what he came to stand for is already a sign to us and Jesus being assigned to us is not first of all miracles. Jesus being assigned to us is actually light. That's why for us to just explore the, the, the principle of spiritual light. Let's look at verse 33. Now, look at it. It says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket but on a lampstand, so that those who come in may see the light i want you to take note of how jesus who is the light of the world the light of life is already a sign The Bible is saying here, no one who has lit a lamp puts it in a secret place. The Lord Jesus came as the light of life. Let's look at John chapter one. Just to correlate these things. Go to John 1. Look at verse 4. The Bible says, In him was life. Just and that life the bible is saying the life was the light of men so god brought jesus for us to see as light and that light is actually life for us if man will not walk in darkness they need to embrace this light that was why the Lord put Jesus doesn't. You get it. We we'll go back to that Luke level. The Bible is saying very clearly there. No one lights, lights a lamp and puts it in a secret place. That's why the message of salvation the message of following Jesus is not meant to be hidden god in his mercy the bible says if you lift up the son of god the son of man he will draw all men to himself jesus resurrected all this is part of the sign when jesus resurrected the aim is to draw all men to himself and he is the light of men and because he's the light of man, we need to come to him. We need to be drawn to him. In every ramification of the word, of the phrase, being drawn to Jesus. So The Bible is telling us in this verse 33 that it will be abnormal that you have the light of life, beaming from your heart, but that light, we are hiding it in ramification of verse 33 that we cannot afford to hide this lamp jesus told his disciples in matthew chapter 5 he says you are the light of the world because you carry jesus because jesus is the light isn't it because you carry the light of life even your own lamp as small as it is should not be hidden so the challenge is as we relate with people, beloved brethren, as we boss, when we go to work, children, as you relate in class with colleagues, you should not hide these lights you have. I know you heard this this thing, you've heard these things before. Please, it's just to remind you of what God is demanding of our lives. Anybody Who lights a lamp, you light it and put it on a lampstand so that those who come in in may see the light. This principle that, oh, you know, my faith is personal. You know, I don't want to disturb other people. Um, I don't want to be forcing or telling them about my own faith because it's personal. Excuse me. That is not the spirit of Jesus. The Bible is saying very clearly yeah. the lamp has to, be, the light has to be on a lampstand. Do you know light already? Light already? Well, light as it is, because of the nature of light. For it to illuminate a room, that light should be on a high, on a high level. is it? Have you, have you tried putting a lamp on the floor? And see how much illumination you will get in the room. Light has to be higher than everybody so that it can illuminate the whole place. That is your place in Jesus. You have to realize that because you carry Jesus, you are already lifted up so that you can illuminate the whole area. I hope you understand you it is the light that you carry that needs to go far and wide
1: uh george it's yes. like you know the lighthouse that yes. it should be on high so that all the ships will be able to see it and exactly. that they will be guided and to avoid um, accidents like that and exactly. i think same as well in our lives in our christian life as well
0: yes it's the same thing do you know Look at the airports. Look at the airport. You know the the very important structure in the airport called the control tower. Why is the control tower high? Have you ever thought why the control tower has to be high? Eh? It's so that those in the control tower can see all the aircrafts that are coming in. The computer could also be on the ground, but they will not be able to see because, for you to land a plane, the, you the, the 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 pilot needs to see where the airport is. So when the pilot is coming, he needs to be able to physically see the wrong way to land the plane. That part of the job has not been taken over by computers yet. <laughs> with all our with all our um make, uh, with all our technology, you still need physical sites to land a plane. No. And that's the glory of what Jesus wants to do with us. That we are elevated all because of the light you carry, not because of you. The Bible says let your light so shine before men so that they will see your good works and glorify your father in heaven Be, my beloved brethren men are in darkness they need light As the light of jesus men will remain in darkness even you you would have remained in darkness if not for jesus now i want us to discuss from the next few passages how can we enhance this light can we make the light of jesus very bright in our lives that is what verse 34 35 and 36 explains now let's look at it the bible says the lamp of the body is the eye therefore when your eye is good your whole body is full of light but when your eye is bad your body also is full of darkness. Now, we will stop there just to explain. You see, we already carry the light of life, which is Jesus, isn't it? In our hearts. Now, the Bible is saying, the lamp of the body is the eye. The Bible is talking about the physical eye here. But actually, the direct application for that is the spiritual a heart. the bible is saying the lamp of the body is the eye therefore when your eye is good so what the bible is trying to say there is that if your eye is okay if you don't have any any um, obstruction any defect in your eye your body will accept light into, into the eye The way light enters the body is through the eye. For you to appreciate, for instance, look at the bulb or the the fluorescent tube or the bulb in your house. For you to appreciate it, you need the eye. Do you know? Isn't it? You need the eye. You can't see without the eye. The same thing applies in the spiritual sense. You cannot perceive spiritual things if your heart is not in the right place. So when the Bible is saying the lamp of the body is the eye, physically, spiritually, the lamp of the spiritual soul is the heart. So that's what scripture says, therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. Beloved brethren, when your heart is in the right place with God, when your heart is, is is shunning evil you. when your heart is running away from sin, your body will be full, your spiritual soul will be flooded with light. That's what that scripture is explaining. The Bible now says, But when your eye is bad, your body is full of darkness. My you love know, brethren, if he's asking us this evening, please. What is happening to your heart? Your spiritual heart. When your spiritual heart is down, when your heart is full of evil thoughts, when your heart is already entertaining sin, what is happening please? Darkness is overshadowing your soul. That is what the scripture is trying to teach us. So, the Bible goes on to say, and look at the warning therefore take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness excuse me children do you understand what i'm saying you don't understand yes i need some responses tell me the truth i will explain do you understand what i'm saying I think
1: just, you know, through the, the, our eyes, uh, as a person, you can see the emotion of that person by looking at the eye.
0: Yes.
1: Even if it's hidden uh, deep in the deepest part of their heart, but hmm. with that uh, emotion, you can still see them just looking through their eyes.
0: Okay. That's true. Can we look at two just for that explanation of this scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The Bible says, I'm reading you, King James. Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring. The issues of life. Let me read verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead and look straight before you. Ponder verse 26 and 27. Ponder the paths of your feet and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. See, beloved brethren, hmm? the Bible is emphasizing why we need to watch our hearts closely. Because if you don't watch your heart, your heart is the gateway to your spiritual soul. If you don't want darkness, spiritual darkness to overshadow you, you need to be careful what goes into your heart your heart your spiritual heart is what makes you perceive god you, you get it when your spiritual heart is shut down because of sin because of disbelief because of um unbelief and and um, and corruption in whatever form your soul is full of darkness that's what Matthew um, 11 was trying to explain And that's why this scripture is telling us in Proverbs. Keep your heart with all diligence. You know, I know how careful we are. We are trying to be healthy. We are diligent about it. Isn't it? Eh, Children, are you trying to be healthy? You are not asking me. Are you trying to be healthy, Reggie? Yes, I'm waiting for your answer. Oh, what, what, what? Are you trying to be healthy? healthy? Healthy. Healthy. Physically. Um, I
1: don't exercise as much as
0: that. Yes, but at times, mommy will tell you. Make sure you eat fruit and veg. Why will mommy tell you that? why because you see we are conscious about our health we want to make sure that nothing goes wrong with our health isn't it Mm -hmm. Eh? the same way we need to be very conscious about our spiritual health that's what this scripture is trying to teach us that we must be careful what we expose our heart to You know, for young people, I will always say this. What you watch, even for adults, is all of us, it's not just for young people. What you watch, your physical senses are a gateway to your heart. We've talked about it before, isn't it? Mm? The films you watch, the music you listen to, mm? all those things are a gateway to your heart. of you have nightmares and you are wondering why is it that i'm having terrible dreams have you asked yourself what movies are you watching Hmm? you know you know this is not a comfortable discussion but we have to tell ourselves the truth you need to guard your heart the things you watch the things you listen to, the music you listen to, all those things have a propensity of shading your heart and stopping the light of God entering it. It's so important. So, the writer here in Proverbs 4 was being very particular. It's as if God is telling us very clearly Keep your heart with all diligence. You need to be diligent. The same way you are, you are careful and diligent about your physical health. we need to be diligent about your spiritual health.
1: In Amplify, Jordan says vigilance.
0: Vigilance, yes. Please, can you read that scripture from Amplify for us? Uh,
1: verse 23. Yes. Keep, keep and guard your heart with vigilance and hmm. above all, that you guard for out of it, for out of it flow the springs of life.
0: Do you see? Your heart is from there the springs, the spiritual springs of life that will bless you and bless people comes from. It's from the heart. Do you know any spiritual work you are going to do from God for God springs forth from your heart. If you are going to serve God and you are going to be a blessing, spiritual blessing to people, it starts from the heart. It doesn't start from anywhere else. It's from the heart it starts from. And we must not constrict the heart. We must not bind it up. We must not overshadow the heart with spiritual darkness so that we can do what God wants us to do. Let me read it from from new living translation it says above all else guard your heart for it affects everything you do Do you remember jesus was even trying to explain this you know jesus remember that story he himself and his disciples were eating and they did not wash the disciples were not washing their hands mm? you remember and the pharisees said ah jesus your disciples don't uh, wash their hands eh? jesus now went to explain he said that it's not what you eat that defiles you eh? he says the things that come out of your heart is what defiles do you, do you get it the things that come out of your heart is what defiles so he talked about it he said out of the heart it says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks it says out of the heart comes out evil thoughts wickedness malice all those things are what defines a man those are the things that brings darkness upon a soul those are the things and do you know god is not first of all interested in your physical appearance first God, every time He focuses on a man, He looks at that man's heart. Do you understand? So even for God, God is not interested whether you are tall or short. Do you understand? God is not thinking, oh, your nose has a bump here. That is not God's business. God's not interested. Some of, some of our, eh? And even some men they are so interested in whether their ear is very big or small how i wish they would be more interested in their spiritual ear that's what matters you remember god was going to choose a king eh? and he had looked at david's senior brothers But Samuel, because Samuel is youth was looking at the physical, the outside, God that looks at the heart, and that's when like God concentrates on. Samuel was going to get up and anoint one of one of um David's new brothers as king. Why? Because as he came in, he was tall, he looked like a king. He looked like a king physically, tall. Strong, well built, but it was going to arise and anoint the wrong person. God said he should not. And what did God say, please? Should we go to that scripture? Hmm? Is it first Samuel? Let's go to First Samuel. I want us all to read it. I want us to appreciate why your heart is very important. First Samuel is 16. Yes, first Samuel 16. Look at it. Look at when David was being um when Samuel went to anoint. So the Bible said just to paraphrase quickly before we read it. Samuel wanted to anoint a king for Israel. And God had told him, go to the house of Jesse. I have selected one of his sons to be my new king in verse 1. And Samuel got there. Look at it. The Bible said in verse 6, when they arrived, when the sons arrived, Samuel took a one look at Eliab. Eh? Let me read it from Litvin James. In verse 6, so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. <laughs> he looked at Eliab. Eh? he looked at him and thought, wow, this is the next king. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. Are you do you understand what is going on there? Eh? First Samuel sixteen. I hope we are there. Children, are we there? Yes. Look at that verse seven. Excuse me. When you think about it, where was God looking at in the life of Eliab? Yes somebody answer where was god look at that verse 7. where was god looking at in in the area yes he was looking at the heart do you see god refused a being king because of his heart that's the problem and god has not changed he's always looking at our hearts always god doesn't worry whether your hair is short or your hair is long whether you have hair or you don't have it's not god's concern what god is interested in is your heart someone was going to make that mistake he saw that Eliab was six feet tall and he had broad shoulders so that when he wears the robe of a king the 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 robe of the king will fit him and he will look he will look presidential Eh? do you know there are some people when they stand presidential as if they are the president of a country by the time they wear their suits they look important but god does not god is not interested in that it's human beings that focus on the outside samuel did not samuel was going to make a mistake samuel did not ask he said god look at elia have you chosen him he didn't ask he already because he saw his fine stature tall and handsome yes this is the next king god told him i have refused him because i have checked his heart already Hmm? And we must, you see, let us concentrate on what God concentrates on. That's what, that's what I feel God wants us to, to pick from this study. He is interested in your heart. I and mean, if God is interested in your heart, why are you interested in something else? Why are you considered another aspect of your Christian experience? If it is not what God is interested in, why don't you concentrate on the well-being of your heart that's what the heaven demands of us so we are going to pray as our our prayer points this evening lord help me to give diligence to my heart the spiritual well-being of my heart i don't want to joke with it any longer Everything that will cause my heart to be dark. Lord, in mercy, help me to deal with it. Because everything you do, spiritually and even physically as well, will be affected because of your heart. If you are going to please God and follow Him, your heart has to be right we need to submit you need to submit your heart before God there's this scripture in Proverbs and this was as if God was talking there in that scripture he said my son give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways The reason why you need to hand your heart over to God is because the heart can be des is desperately wicked and evil. No one knows it except God. Look at let's just look at why you need to hand your heart over to God. Jeremiah, look at the heart. at chapter 17 jeremiah 17 verse verse 9 and 10. look at it the bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it verse 10 i the lord search the heart i thank even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. The heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Your heart can deceive you. If you don't know that, your heart can deceive you. That is why you need to hand over your heart to God. You need to hand over your heart to God. Because that heart needs to be handed over to God. The reason is because you know your heart. You can't know it. It can deceive you. Let me look for that scripture. If you know it, let me know the bible says my son give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways i want you to read it proverbs 23 look at proverbs 23 twenty six. Can somebody read it for us? Yes, better. Are you there? Oh, can somebody read? Proverbs twenty
1: six. She's sleeping.
0: Okay. Can somebody else read it? Verse twenty six, twenty six. Yes.
1: Uh. Yeah. Says, "Make me your heart, and let your eyes delight in my ways."
0: So we need to hand over our hearts to God, so that we can observe God's ways. God will not take over your heart and make you observe evil. God will direct you to observe that which is good. That's why, as part of our prayer, let's hand over our heart to God. It's only wisdom. If you know your heart is deceitful, if you, you your heart can be deceitful, why don't you hand it over to God? Who will help you? But
1: well, we're told to follow our hearts.
0: Where did you see that scripture?
1: It's not scripture. Uh Ah. It's Disney. It says follow your heart.
0: That's Disney now. (laughs) That's Disney. Follow your heart. Follow what, if your heart is interested in some terrible things, just follow it. That's Disney. But thank God, we are not following Disney. We are following the word of God. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. That's the issue. (laughs) So, we will pray. That God help me I hand over my hearts to you help must to observe your ways so that I can keep pleasing you every day so we will we'll just pray on that and trust God to help us
1: amen praise the Lord so it is uh prayer time.
0: Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m.,